That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestle Mania. Alongside for the ride is a man who, when he's down, he grabs somebody else's shoe and hits him in the face. JC. That was pretty good. <laughs> I love the, the great thing about KO is ingenuity is always existing with whatever he's doing. That was certainly, certainly something that we will talk about this week. I, look, there's a lot to talk about this week. We've got a lot to get to. We've got AEW, we've got NXT, New Year's Evil, as well as everything else. We've finally got some... Stuff going on here for the Royal Rumble. It's starting to shape up, so uh, I'd like to see where you'd like to start there, JC. Uh, many places, obviously. Uh, shout out 20 years for the gold standard. Uh, always in the shine, much like Mandy Rose. Both absolute studs. Uh, but I am not starting there, Nestlemania, because you know what? Some people go through life-changing things, like really hard, traumatic experiences that change them forever. And, you know, sometimes it happens when they're young. And when they're impressionable and when they're really like starting to hit their stride with something and then you hit that derailing, but then you come out of it looking even better. So I think we need to start the show with prison Dom and his purple bandana because man, we've been, I mean, dude, it's just over the course of this evolution of Dom, this was just so perfect. Did this segment on Ms. TV with the judgment day and Dom telling his story was it super cheesy and corny? Yes, but that's why it worked because it's this perfect blend of making Dom more of a badass, but also showing us that he's like a fake badass because he's still the little bitch boy. He's just now surrounded by a couple tough guys and mommy and he acts all tough. And it's just like, it's just good television. And he like, he did have the one little one liner where he took the dig at Miz about like how, you know, Maurice has your balls and stuff. It's just like, there were all the cheesy in there that I like along with like more of like continuing to make this character, one of the more interesting things. And then obviously they pay off this segment. We have this lawn tag team turmoil, uh, which kind of came out of nowhere, but that's because the Usos were putting their nose in people's business. But I love the fact that the judgment day really, was the story of Monday Night Raw. We saw Rhea get the big clean victory over Candice earlier in the night, but then we have Finn and Priest eventually becoming Priest and Dom, running the entire gauntlet, winning the number one contendership, and setting up a matchup I never really thought about, because obviously it's heel-heel, but man, Judgment Day versus Usos for most likely at the Rumble, that's a pretty fun short-term feud. I was surprised too. I mean, I, I rolled my eyes when I heard Tag Team Turmoil because, you know, they're doing one like tomorrow or tonight on NXT. That's why I was like, right. are they stealing NXT's thunder? Yeah, they're just they're mm -hmm. just like trying to make it not watchable, I guess, in some way. I don't know. It's just bizarre. I enjoyed it. I so the, the I love team, tag team wrestling. Come on. I, I know, no, when when it's done correctly, absolutely. But like to me, having some type of like, you know, long ass segment, like even our boy Ray texted us saying this one's gonna go all night. Like yeah, it was like five matches. What do you it was, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, like, it's a lot. Like, I don't know how everybody else feels about a gauntlet. For me, it's tough 
to get excited about a gauntlet. I don't know. In general, singles, trios, doubles, singles, whatever, triple. It's hard for me to get excited because I feel like you don't care until the last match. So I think the one difference, especially with this one to me, is because I know what you mean. Because a lot of times in gauntlets, we kind of expect, like the SmackDown one, like we expected, like the Raquel, whatever. Yeah. But the one thing I liked about this gauntlet is when they put up the graphic, I was like, huh. It seems like, obviously, we're doing a lot of Judgment Day featuring tonight, but that's an interesting matchup. The Street Profits we've done a million times, and you obviously have, like, the Alpha Academy and Cedric and Shelty and then the the Good Idiots. And I was like, I was like, I really don't know if there's, like, if I pick one to win. It's like, the obvious would be, like, the Street Profits, but it was just, I like that I looked at it and I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Started to figure it out as it got going when the Judgment Day was rolling through. And I'm like, oh, they're telling a good story here. Didn't know if they'd end up winning at the end. And I liked the little thing where Finn was too injured to compete. And they forced Dom to go in. And he didn't want to at first. Then he ends up being the one that gets the win by cheating. So I kind of think it's cool because I always thought it was fun. Like when the New Day held the titles and you didn't know who would be defending them when you had the three. And I like that Judgment Day can kind of do that now too. Where we have three people in a tag division. I think it just makes everyone in the stable more interesting. It keeps the stable fresh and it does, it creates, it creates like different types of matchups to keep when that team is wrestling fresh because of it. So I thought it was really fun. It was unexpected because I saw you tweet like this raw didn't really push much forward. I agree pretty much everywhere else except for here, because we finally, like we've been waiting for the Usos next challenger because they've just kind of been like Roman's lackeys or we're hanging out with Sammy and solo. Like we haven't really had anything moving forward with them. We at least now know what their next path is. And I thought it was cool because it's a path that I didn't expect and a team that they haven't faced yet, which has gotten really rare. I mean, I tend to agree. I love prison Dom. I thought the, the Conan look, the K dog look from the wolf pack looked really great. Uh, the Michael of- Scott look from the office too. And uh, you know, like you said, Rhea had a big win. They didn't job out a Candace, it seemed, but it, it it seemed pretty close. It was uh, a little over three, I think. It, it was so about five, it but your, it was yeah. five. It's not it's not a job <laughs> alert per se. We can talk about that in a second. But I am curious. I did laugh really hard with like, okay, people were like, oh my God, Finn's injured. And then of course he's clearly not injured. They just wanted Dom to get in there. And then like I laughed really hard when Judgment Judgment Day won, and then you know Finn's over there icing his his abs or his ribs, and he's just laughing. He's like, "Oh, ow, ow!" But he's like, "He's still celebrating the chair." I was like, "This is this this is a whole new level of Judgment Day that I did not expect to enjoy." Because you know, like here's the thing: like for the longest time, it's felt like Rhea's a centerpiece, Dom's very much a centerpiece, and then it felt like even though Balor's a big deal him and Priest have been kind of in the background of the Judgment Day a lot of the times. Like, they they come in, they hit their stride, they do have great matches, but they're not the focal point of stuff. They're not moving things forward. So when I saw them, I'm like, oh, that'd be an interesting tag team. But again, Dom and Priest, to me, makes more chorological sense. And this is why I think there's more miles on this. You can you can say there's, you know, and I agree, the three iterations, the, the free bird rule is great for Judgment Day. But... If you're going to keep pushing the, the prison Dom thing, having a giant heavy behind him keeps that narrative fresh and fun and being like, oh, yeah, I can fuck you up, by the way. There's Priest. You know, like, that stuff works a lot better. Uh, obviously, we're trying to bide time to get to WrestleMania for, I assume, Ray and uh, Dom. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that because I was going over it last night. I'm like, they could do that still. but And I think the free bird rule helps it. But I'm like, I also feel like... Edge has to come back with these guys at some point. And are they doing him and Finn one-on-one in like a spectacular match at WrestleMania? Cause that might be something that edge wants. Cause we know he kind of gets to pick and 
him and Finn in like a hell in a cell or something like that would probably, it'd be probably an awesome match and would get a lot of us excited. But that was, the, that was what I thought was cool about the segment too. Cause it made me like kind of rethink a lot of things. Um, but I do think we're still on for Dom and Ray. But what I also loved about the segment, and you kind of hit on it there, is that like Finn had his shine and would like be in the sniveling shit thing. But I thought this was the best Priest has looked in a long time because he was the Iron Man here. He went for almost an hour. He wrestled in all these matches. He took a ton of the bumps. He gave dished out a lot of the punishment. Like it kind of reminded us like this guy really was a workhorse for this company. And like, yes, he's been overshadowed in this faction. But as the judgment day continues to rise, as they like to say, pun intended, rise. like he's a guy that like when he has to, he can step to the forefront and do what needs to be done. But I do agree. I think Priest and Dom is my favorite version of the tag teams because I just love Finn and singles so much, but I just like that they can mix and match. So I think this is going to be really fun moving forward. One final point I want to make up. Cause I, I, you had to have been tickled pink. Like I was at the end of raw with the copyright. It's like, here's the Usos holding up. Then all of a sudden it's just Martinez going. <gasps> and they fade out. And I'm like, what? He had his brawn moment. Yeah. Baby. Just like, look at him flexing. Look at him go. It just made me it, it made me laugh so hard because I was like, what what a way to end Monday Night Raw. Because most of it was just complete utter garbage, in my opinion. But that but the judgment days, you know, they've been they've been saving a lot of segments. They really have. So I'm excited. Uh you want to talk about anything else that's exciting to you? Yes, I do. I actually want to go to SmackDown WrestleMania because hashtag Jobberknocker hopes come true. It finally happened. Your boy, Top Dollar and Hit Row are finally heels WrestleMania. We saw this building. They've been taking a lot of shit for a million of different reasons. But we've been saying the whole time, it's like these guys can't move forward till they turn heel. They're natural heels. Like they like they just like everything killed their momentum. They're just everything they do is naturally heel. They look like heels. They act like heels. People are gonna hate them for a litany of reasons. And you know what? Top Dollar's been putting out these promos on Twitter too. I don't know if you've watched some of them. He put out another one yesterday on Monday. They're pretty damn good. Like this guy clearly is just like we talk about all the time. It's a lot harder to be a babyface. Some people aren't cut to be babyfaces. I think all these people qualify. But as heels, man, it works. And the aggression works because that's more their style. Like. Obviously, rap can come off very aggressive, so it works even better as a heel. I thought this was great. I love that it was against Ricochet because it made sense. It was a spot in the Royal Rumble. Frustration built over. Ricochet was the guy he got mad at in the back because he's a smiley little whatever, but it was good. I mean, then, of course, my boy Braun runs out. Roar! So the Braun-Ricochet tag team thing is still a thing, which is still hilarious because these two started their own feud on Twitter when Braun insulted all the little boys, saying yeah. that big boy matches are better because him and Omos and... Hey, you know what? I'm all for it, but I just, I enjoyed this. I thought this was the best part of SmackDown. It was an enjoyable segment. It made sense. Top dollar wasn't a jobber alert, but like you always say, it doesn't matter sometimes because they immediately got their shit back when they turned heel. It's the best hit row has ever looked without Swerve, and it's the best hit row has ever looked in the main roster, period. So it's at least something now with them where now that they're in kind of their niche, let's see what they can do with it. And I wouldn't, I mean, I don't want to say go the acclaimed route because that would be kind of unfair. Yeah, But I think having them disrespect people a certain way would really benefit them. Like, I think I think B-Fab needs to talk more. I think Top Dollar needs to throw in his two cents and then have, you know, Ashanti come in and do whatever that he does. Because you can tell out of the athleticism. You don't want the full dollar? You only want a few cents? I want a couple cents. I don't want a full <laughs> dollar. I don't want the conversion rate on his on a top dollar. Can I, have a, can I have a middle quarter? But it's deciding the fact is just... I'm I'm watching this going, okay, now we have legs. Now now I'm rejuvenated as a fan. Like, okay, I, I buy into that. I get that. And I'm excited. But 
I'm just curious to see how far we can go with this because they could be a potentially a great tag team or a stable, depending on whatever they do, but they need something more. Like, I like the idea that they came out on a tour bus, like in the backstage stuff. Like, I thought that was cool. Having them do certain things that are very much in the rap community, I think translating that into the wrestling would be very cool. And I think they need to push into that because that's the only thing that's going to separate them from being kind of eh into something way better that they can be. Just don't uh, try Rick Ross because you saw AEW try that. You're a big boy. You're a big boy. Uh, I'm not going to say what he said, but Jesus Christ. I was going to say, those were the exact words that he said. <laughs> Poor Keith Lee. He's always getting called big boys by people. That's a big fucking boy. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. That might be my favorite WrestleMania. I mean, a favorite Royal Rumble of all time. Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I think we we talked about that. Was That's my favorite as well. I, I mean, 92 amazing. will always have a, a spot in my heart. I think it's wonderful from Ric Flair's point of view and all the craziness that went on. But that, that before the pandemic, Royal Rumble... White might be one of the best book things I've seen in a very long time. It had it had everything you could ask for in that rumble. Like yeah. the, the, the stories, everything made sense. They had something for everyone. It was it was cool. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Did you want to get uh, Heedy? Um, I I will say this. Um, I I did really enjoy the opening to Raw. Um, mainly, I mean, it's obviously people that I enjoy, obviously in KO and Corbin, but it's just like, it's just like once we talked about it with the shoe, we hinted at earlier with KO, it's just like how he understands things and how he understands making things that people will remember. He called back to that meme that he had during the Vince era where his face was in the turnbuckle. He did it again here. And honestly, it is the perfect thing because you can like look at it however you want, but what he's doing is he's telling you that JBL and Corbin are the most annoying fucking things in the world to cause him to react like that. Thus putting them over even more as heels. So that's why I just like, I love it. I just, there's something about JBL's music. Whenever it hits, I get a smile on my face because I know something obnoxious and annoying is going to happen. And I just like eat it up. It's crazy. Cause growing up, when I heard JBL's music, I used to get so mad because I hate him so much. And he was so mean to Cena and all my favorites. And he was such a dick. And I, oh, I hate him. And now I hear it and I'm just like, I get like a little like giddy. <laughs> and then I hear Corbin's music and I get mad because that music sucks. Boom, 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 boom. I mean, Corbin and KO, I like when they wrestle. I think they have good chemistry too. But yeah, I just, I thought this was a good way to open the show. But and it was obviously just kind of a filler week for KO because obviously Sammy and Roman weren't there. So the bloodline came out, did all their bloodline things, blah, blah, blah. But I just I thought it was a fun way to kind of like pivot KO into doing something that wasn't a complete waste of time. And it wasn't necessarily bloodline related. There, there were yes. a couple, you know what I mean? Like it it was different and it was it was what it was. He did he did scrap with them for a couple seconds or whatever. But but again, bloodline gets tossed out. Solo has a, a match later on. I'm it, it is weird to me that they are continuously letting the Usos and Solo back on Raw, but, you know, it is... Well, they're letting them because they just show up and then no, Pierce just books them in matches to punish them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Something that I didn't think I was going to enjoy, but I absolutely Ooh. did, was the Usos in the main event of SmackDown against the Banger okay. Brothers. Uh, You know, pause for the bus. I, Seamus is amazing, by the way, saying he found it on a bus and all that other stuff. Um, watching the popcorn eating, you know, and the, just the, the continuation of Sammy just eating popcorn by himself and then everybody eating popcorn and then like <laughs> freaking out and everything like he's, he's just so much better on, on certain levels than everybody else. Uh, I liked the thread of the needle of like, Hey, you're not allowed in, then you're allowed in, get me Sammy Zayn. I love you Shmuley, but I don't know if anybody else does that kind of stuff. Like I was, that's great storytelling because 
it's, you know, we'll, we'll look at this overall arching bloodline thing with giant bullet points, right? But then there's times where you watch SmackDown and there's these little mini bullet points in, inside that bigger bullet point where you're like, not only are we telling a story here, but each individual SmackDown sometimes has that story. You know, and I think that's important because Sami Zayn is creating so many tentacles here for people to jump off of, which is incredible. Incredible. I mean, we know Roman Reigns is on another level. We get that. I mean, that we expect that. If you're the top guy, you got you to deliver, and he does. But watching him flip out on Sami Zayn, it's that, oh, is it going to happen? Uh-oh. And then you go, oh, shit, he didn't do it. Thank God. We were all Paul Heyman for a moment when he started yelling at Sami Zayn. We thought, oh, my God, this is it. But it didn't feel like the right moment, which was good. I was very excited to see what happens going forward with this entire bloodline thing. But the the tag match with the Banger Brothers was really great too. Had a lot of you know falsies and stuff, but the bloodline wins because the bloodline can't lose to WrestleMania. So we're just kind of here in, in La La Land with the Usos and, and Roman Reign, I think. Yeah, this is obviously kind of the makeup from because uh, Drew got injured or whatever, or Seamus got whoever it was, I don't even remember. Like he had a busted eardrum. Um, yeah, so this was kind of the makeup, but I thought it worked. But I think the thing that really stood out to me was something you point out. It was the Sammy Roman stuff backstage because it was the little things about this segment that continue to further like the overarching story where Roman apologizing, saying his temper got the best of him. He never apologized to Jay Uso during right. that run and stuff like that. So I think it's these little things, like even though everyone's all aboard the Sammy train, I think it's just like these little things that they plant along the way of like, whether it's special treatment or not special treatment, or just like it's it's little breadcrumbs they're leaving for you to pick up and decide what to do with that, you know, maybe they can touch on later. Because I think that's something that we've seen in the Triple H era is that these little things that you think might not matter, they do pay off, even if it takes a little while. There was something else on Raw this week. I'm blanking on it currently, but that I remember I saw, and I was like, oh, my God, that's a callback to, like, a little while ago and, you know, stuff. And so as we talk, it'll come up. But I think there's a lot of those things here, and obviously this being, like, their main story in WWE, the Bloodline stuff, is that I'm looking for all these little check marks along the way. And I do think it's shine that we're getting Reigns and Owens at the Rumble because I think that's the perfect type of Rumble match. We're always looking for just a good wrestling match. We've seen these guys have absolute banners in the past, and it's usually we know KO's not going to win, but we also know that, like, something's going to happen from this match like big time in this story because we are entering WrestleMania season. So we're looking for these big checkmark events to help set up that WrestleMania card. And we know something's going to happen here with Sammy KO and rain. So I think it's, it's still an exciting time for the bloodline. They're a little overexposed. Like you said, with jumping to both shows, but I don't think it's like bad overexposed. It's more of like, there's enough members where it works, but that is just one thing they do have to be a little careful of is just not give us too much every week. Okay, moving on. Uh, is there anything else that you want that's uh, shine-worthy? Um, so it's weird. We can transition off this if you want, because I, I didn't think it was like... I mean, it's one of those things we're always reminded of. It's just like that crowds love Charlotte, even when she's like like Charlotte. Just one of those things, like she's just she's just good. And that segment, like it probably like would have felt like a throwaway segment, a random match with Sony. It always feels like Sony is the one like, oh, random uh, challenge for a championship and lose, like whatever. But it's just like the crowd is eating up everything Charlotte did. And it's just like, I think that time off really gave people more of an appreciation of how freaking good she is. Because I mean, when you go through the Ronda Rousey championship era and you're just like, oh, and then we have a real champion, like Charlotte stepped through the door and we're like, okay, great. So 
Obviously, we know it's going to turn like it always does because Charlotte's much better as a heel. I prefer as a heel, but it was just one of those things I'm watching. I'm like, huh, this is a segment I normally wouldn't give a fuck about, but like, just like sometimes when the crowd's into something and they're telling you like we this is like something we're enjoying, it makes you enjoy it more. So I think that shine just by default. This I mean, whoop the trick would made me laugh really freaking yeah. hard. It's and the, the title of the podcast. And they, yeah. yeah, and they also they they went with it. They didn't ignore it. They didn't try to beat it down in volume. They weren't, oh, you think I'm a trick? You think, I, I, I'll show you ring the fucking bell. And then it went off and it was great. That's the stuff that when you participate with it with a crowd like that and you give it back to them, now they're invested. They got to watch your stuff. So I think Sonya did a great job. I think that Charlotte did a great job um, going forward with it. And again, it's a breath of fresh air still because Charlotte's brand new in terms of being champion this time around. But the other thing I'm looking at is they're going to look at WrestleMania and they're going to look at Ronda Rousey and they're going to go, she needs to be in a marquee matchup. But I tend to think that Ronda Rousey is probably just happy to be there, collect the paycheck and do whatever she wants. Yeah, I think she, I think she does want to work with younger talent. Like she said that. Because I think the, uh, the, the underlying thing here is the problem we're going to have is that they need Ronda and Shayna to be in a tag match for the women or be the women's champions by then or win the women's championship by then. I don't think damage control and Ronda and Shayna are exciting to me. So... Having Ronda and Shayna already be champions against somebody maybe that's returning. God forbid. They it's throw gonna be a fatal forward. Bella's <laughs> out or something, or like fucking Natty and Beth or whatever. Like, well, it's I know. think it's Raquel. It's Raquel, but the problem is, is all her tag team parts keep getting hurt. Yeah. Like Raquel and Leah had the championships, but just it's like it's like, can we find a like a dominant uh partner for Raquel that works in a Shayna Ronda feud? I don't know. I'm kind of beginning to think because I think especially now that Triple H is in charge, we're going to see more women's matches in generals and maybe more women's singles matches beyond just the two titles. So if you're not doing Ronda Becky, if that's really not a thing, like I know the rumor's been out there about a Ronda Ripley or whatever, if she doesn't win the Rumble or something, that would, I, if they could build that story, that could be a singles match I'd be interested in, whether it was for a title or not. That's the direction they could go, but I do tend to agree with you. I think the Ronda Shayna tag team run, like it feels like the right time now because damage control is doing nothing with those things. So if like we can shit on, people can shit on Ronda all they want, but like she's the type of person like, Taking the tag titles, being a big name, like it just gives it more legs. And they don't really have anyone else to do that. We saw like Sasha and Naomi had great momentum there with the run because they're two names that people really liked and they kind of brought extra shine to those titles. And, you know, Dakota Kai and Eosky are great, but it just they have no one to feud with first off, which is the biggest issue. But the second issue is it's just like these titles have been so like up and down, mostly down. I think this is a t thing where you can use Ronda's star power to really empower these titles and like maybe actually build a division. Cause we get some of these tag teams where I'm like, Oh, that's a cool tag team. But then they just kind of like disappear. And then when like the, their momentum, like Tegan and Liv, like you convinced me that's a fun tag team. If you put some time behind it, but instead it was like, Oh, they, they're friends title shot done with it. You know right. what I mean? So, and obviously right now we're in the rumble season. So everyone's focused on that, but I do think it is a way to kind of restore your women's tag team division a little bit because look at NXT does a great job with the women's tag team titles for the most part. Like there's always contenders for it. And there's a couple teams that like feel like teams and it's just, there's ways to build it. And I think Ronda and Shayna would be like the perfect team to kind of bring that balance and kind of bring that WrestleMania shine to something like that. So I do agree. I just, I don't know if that's actually what they're going to do though. I, I tend to think you're right, but I the other thing that, that crossed my mind while you were talking was, I know it's probably not going to happen because she's the front runner at this point to win the Royal Rumble, but I would love to see Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey versus Raquel and 
drum roll, please, Rhea Ripley, because they're best friends too. Ooh. And I think that's, that would be that's, that would be a physical match. That's where you get into the shit where it can get interesting. You know what I mean? I just don't know how you make them. No, I, I, I TV don't, friends right now because like Rhea and Raquel's yeah. characters are like polar opposites. Right, they're north and south pole at this point. But it's yeah. just it's hard. But I think that eventually, because they're friends, you have to at least acknowledge that they're gonna because they're gonna they they could in theory do something very cool together. I think. Yeah, and I I think Raquel's more of a natural heel, but I think like she's just been received well as a babyface on like the main roster. So I think they just run with that for now. But. Yeah, no, it is interesting, but I do want to ask you this here because I think uh, maybe every week leading up until we make predictions, I think we should say if you had to pick the two Rumble winners right now, who would they be? For the women, it's it's Ripley. I'm not. Okay. I don't think I'm going to change my pick, especially since they had the Candace backstage thing about everybody focusing on the Royal Rumble, and then she just kind of crept out as she said something about the Royal Rumble. I think the focus is there. I think Ripley versus Bel Air seems to be what I would think at this point would be going on at WrestleMania. I don't. I don't know about the other side of that coin on SmackDown. Uh, for the men, I mean, Cody's got those packages, so you think that Cody's the guy. Uh, I, I, you know, everybody yelled at me when I said Brett Luger finished ninety three with the uh, the Rock and Cody, but you could do the you could do Cody and Seth if that makes uh you know our boy Dom more excited about what I said. I, I feel like it's not Seth though. They do if they're gonna do that, it's Cody and Drew. I just I look at it like if they're gonna do two nights. Or they're going to do two championships. Why not do the everybody lose? Like, here's here's the other thing that I've thought about too, right? Everybody thinks that The Rock is going to be in the Royal Rumble. I don't necessarily believe. He doesn't need to be. That's what I'm thinking. Here's, yeah. here's going to be the first tell, right? Well, the first tell was that on YouTube, they re-released The Rock's return from 2011. So you know something's happening, right? It's in LA. Like, it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. It's injected into his veins. He's just going to do it. He, I, I I, fully believe in some way, shape, or form, he's doing something. But what I would say is the other tell is going to be when we're watching the Royal Rumble, if the men's and women's Royal Rumble, like one of them doesn't close and it's Roman and, and KO, then you know it's going to be just like Money in the Bank with Cena. It's going to be him raising that championship and then here, if you submit, and the place will fucking erupt. I don't think they need to do that now, though. I think they could do that at Elimination Chamber or on a SmackDown or like, you know what I mean? But just the, or, whatever the middle paper here's, is. Here's, here's something that you need to also keep in mind, something that you may not have thought about. The Rock is actually not well received in Canada. They hate him in Canada. That's why I don't think you so need to. I don't, you don't think he's going to be an elimination there. chamber. Yeah, I, I don't need, like. I honestly like. If you want to do a rock, obviously they're going to want the poster. Yeah. But it just it's hard because especially because Roman's going to be defending that title in Canada. We assume against Sami Zayn. That's what we're all assuming at this point. So it's just like it's you can obviously have the Rumble winner because Cody can challenge whoever. If like Cody wins the Rumble, he can challenge whoever he wants at WrestleMania. It doesn't matter if it's Roman or whatever. Even though we know it's going to be Roman, you don't have to like make that match completely meaningless elimination share because he's the rumble winner. So it's like, but it's also hard because if they were going to do a Roman rock main event, like how do you not advertise that before? Whenever that pay-per-view is, was it February pay-per-view? So I guess you still have more time, but like, we know how they are, how early they like to get those, which granted this year, like it hasn't mattered with ticket sales. Those things are flying off the shelves anyways, which is a far cry from what was happening uh, last year. So yeah, it's definitely a tough call. I do think I agree with you on the meds. I think it's Cody. Um, I think it makes sense. And I think that the packages have been fun because it's given us that little bit of behind the scenes. Like, cause everyone, it's so hard nowadays to just have the complete surprise where it just comes out of nowhere. Like that doesn't exist anymore with the internet. Like it just, cause even that edge one, like we all, we all had a feeling it was going to happen, but then it happens and it was still fucking cool as hell. So I think them like just preparing us for Cody again is smart because you know, people are excited for that run. 
The woman's one, though, I think you hit on it. It's it's a lot harder to think about because Ripley seems to be a woman that has momentum for it, but it just it's it's just I still feel like Charlotte Bianca is a match that they'd want to do. It's just they're both the champions right now, so it's like how do you do that? Unless if it's like Rousey wins it back at the Rumble, Charlotte enters the Rumble and wins it. That's kind of like my the way I kind of view now is like Charlotte winning the Rumble Ugh. to challenge Bianca, but it's just like because it's like if not, it's like if it's not Ripley, like. It has to be Charlotte or Becky or someone like you know what I, I mean. I can't. But I, don't, I can't I, imagine anyone else. I don't want Charlotte or Becky winning the Royal Rumble because I feel like it's redundant at this point. It feels like we're and even Ronda, I, it's it's redundant. You have so many top people. That's fine. Belair Belair would have been nice, but she won the Royal Rumble too. So I feel like Rhea Ripley's the next person in that logical pecking order that makes sense to win, and she's been doing great stuff. You know, yeah, but as we've always seen, the Rumble isn't necessarily like because I feel like we've gotten to this day before. It's not always necessarily like setting up the next big star. A lot of the, if you look at a lot of the Rumbles, it's, it's like someone who already was established. It's the rare cases where you get the Del Rios or the Sheamuses. Sure. So that's why it's like I think Rhea makes a lot of sense, and I agree. I think she's definitely one of the heavy favorites, if not the favorites. But I just have a feeling we're getting some swerves coming in the women's divisions across both of them. So I think we might get a surprise whether it's Charlotte or Becky or Bianca or someone winning the actual Rumble. I also feel like they're setting up this random Becky versus damage control thing. Like, it's going to be a six-woman tag. We already had the Becky-Bailey match. It's like, why is this still going? I just don't care. I mean, I wouldn't mind Bailey winning, I guess, if she broke away from damage control, but... She, well, she won't. That's she the won't. Thing. If she wins, it'll be with damage control, but it's like... Uh... I don't know. It's, it's a wet. She's fart. already faced Bianca a thousand times, and right. I mean Bailey and Charlotte. They haven't done in a while, but I don't know. I just I don't know. Get to do much more bang for your buck, I guess, is the way going to look at Royal Rumble. But again, you're excited because you, you you're starting to you know anticipate things and ask questions. No, Rumble's think, the best. It's the know, best. That, that gets you more rejuvenated back into you know everything. Uh, something else. Uh, I, are we still in the shine? I can't even remember. No, I, well, I said we can transition to the heat, and then we never did. Okay, we get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. There's a lot I want to talk about, but I'm just going to try to piss through a bunch of random stuff. Uh, really, this is where I'm kind of confused, right? Like, we've got the ho- Captain or, or, or Mr. or Uncle Howdy thing. Uh, Bliss cuts a promo, which was actually pretty good. And then, of course, you know, Uncle Howdy's just sitting there in the smoke going, ha, 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 you think you're in control? You think you're in control? Fine. Uh, then LA Knight looks very confident. I don't know what a lights out, you know, yeah, I don't know what a lights out match. Yeah, I don't know what a lights out match is, but I'm going to, yeah, it's just like, I get it. I get it. You want to be fucking a superstar. I get it. Um, it's just, I'm excited to see what happens, but this Uncle Howdy thing is throwing me for a loop sometimes because I was thinking about it yesterday. It's like, it's it's like Uncle Howdy has to be the personification of evil, right? It, it, it like, if you interact with him or you intertwine with him or you cross him in some way, you end up in like the worst case scenario for yourself. But I feel like Bray coming back, not Bray-ish, and, and Alexa coming out of therapy makes it seem like they've escaped in some form. So Uncle Howdy, I think going forward, I don't want to see the unmasking. I don't want it to be Bo Dallas. I just, I want it to be a, a, just like an entity into itself. I don't want to see it wrestling, but I do want to see somebody get tangled up with him by accident somehow and then have a seismic change because I think that's important in distinction going forward. What is What happens to you when you cross Uncle Howdy? And I think that that's where we need to head because that's the only way people are going to get invested in it. And I think we're culminating to Royal Rumble. We're culminating to WrestleMania. I don't know what Bray Wyatt can do at WrestleMania. I really don't. Yeah, this this is a really tough one for me too because like, 
the uncle howdy thing is weird for me. I like you. Like, I don't want to be an unmasking. Like I don't, I don't want him to be a person because I feel like it's, this is all supposed to be, feels like it should be about Bray, but like with the uncle howdy thing, it's not. Um, I want him to be, like you said, more of an entity, but I just like the, the segment on raw was just completely puzzling. Cause he comes out to interrupt bliss and then they go to commercial and it's just, it's just done. Yeah. And I hate I, that. It's just like, I get like, they love the cliffhangers, but it's just like, what the fuck? And I, I don't even think they addressed it for the rest of the night. No, they didn't. It's almost like, like it's, almost, it's, interview, almost, like, it's but... almost like Uncle Howdy. One like the commentators really don't discuss Uncle Howdy very much. It seems like it. It's supposed to be one of those things like where maybe like like they don't like see it. It's more of like we're supposed to envision it as like Uncle Howdy is in Bray and Alexa's mind, and only us as like viewers see it. It's just it's, I don't know. That's it's weird. tough because that's hard sell. That's a really mm-hmm. hard sell for people to believe that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that's 100%. moving on to something that's hard to believe is Moss and Emma versus uh, Cross and Scarlet. Obviously, we love Scarlet for obvious reasons, but uh, Cross, once again, retreating back into nobody gives a shit territory. Uh, he might be the new human sleeping bag for me. I mean, I, like he, he is he is rough. Like, here's the thing. it's it's I've said this before, but it really is like somebody took the Miz put him in the Captain America chamber, made him like fucking jacked as shit, gave him tats, and then was like, okay, go out there and look like a menace. But you're not. You look safe in your bubble wrap. It's like they took the worst parts of Bobby Roode and The Miz and they just <laughs> put them together. And that's cross, baby. Sorry. It's just, it's, it's so, I want, here's the thing. I want to be invested in cross. I want, I can, you can see it on a poster. The guy, you can, you can visit the girl, the guy that you just, it looks right. It just feels right. But something is off, just off. And they haven't fixed it. It's like, don't worry about it, kid. It's my job to get you over. You know, like it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Cause in theory, fallen prey, right? But it, this is, it's like the, I forgot he was going to go after Mysterio. Then he pulled the card out and I'm like, oh yeah, that's still a thing. But wait a minute, Dom just got in the prison cause it, and it's just, Unless there's some type of something we're going to get with Cross and Ray going forward at maybe after Royal Rumble, but it is, it's tough. It is really I think, tough. I think the thing with Cross and like, yeah, you said like he looks good on a poster, then you see him in like person and it's like, you're almost thinking like, I wish he was a little bit taller. I wish he was more <laughs> of a baller. Um, I wish he had a girl look good. Well, he does have that. Yeah. Um, so I I, he definitely can call her, but, uh, maybe he had a rabbit and a hat with a bat and, uh, did six you just Google column. that of the lyrics while I was talking? Cause I've seen no. your eyes retreat over. I, I had to Google the last, the last two oh, lines. Okay. Cause I, I know the beginning, but I never know the end. Cause yeah. I, I always forget about the rabbit and the hat yeah. and the rabbit uh, whatever. And but, yeah. but when you were saying that and like that song popped in my yeah. head, cause I was like, yeah, I do wish he was a little bit taller. Like if, if he was, if he just like was three or four inches taller, I think the menacing thing would really work because he does. He looks, you put him on a poster, it's like, oh my God, this guy looks massive. But then you see him against like other dudes who are also massive and you're just kind of like, he's not that massive. No. He's kind of normal. He just like, because he like, the thing with Cross is like, he looks so good. Yeah. But like you said, and man, the fucking bell rings, night, night, like literally night, night. Just it's, no, here's I appreciate. Here's the thing. I appreciate. We we talk about this all the time. I appreciate a wrestler who has a move set that doesn't look like everybody else's. I do. Sheamus is the best move set, bar none. Oh I, yeah, yeah. He is the best move set guy. Crosses isn't really like that. But I mean, here's the like, thing. No, no, no. You it, can that, call it unique, but it's like it's probably like if you googled most boring move set in the entire planet, it'd just be a picture of Karrion Cross's move set. Right. It's it. It's like 
it's like somebody who wants to pretend to be tough, but isn't. That's every time he comes out, I'm thinking to myself, are you already neutered? Like, what exactly is going on here? I, I, I don't understand it. He it's better like, not be neutered when he has that walking next to him. No, I know. I know. He's, 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 not a, he's not a eunuch. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ, I'm sure in the bedroom he's perfectly fine. But I'm just saying, when it's wrestling, it's just bizarre. Like, the straight jacket to me, again, we've already talked. Submission finishes are just tough to come by, especially if you're a babyface or a heel. I don't get excited. But they can about be done right if they're right. set up for them. The but problem I, is, is like there's nothing in his moveset that sets it up and makes it interesting. And again, is is I don't. Here's the thing, he hasn't done anything, at least for me to think. I mean, I mean, somebody can remind me. I'm sure TJ and Ray will yell at me when I say this because he was touched on in NXT, but none of his stuff was that great. Like his Keith Lee stuff was the, probably the best stuff, right. and his best match was probably the one he got like they got hurt in. The thing, the thing that the thing so. that bothers me about Cross is I don't. There's no pun intended anywhere here. I don't feel like he's crossed a line with anybody. Like, I don't feel like he's, like, when I when I watch MJF, he is irredeemable. But when I no, look at Cross, I'm like, this guy is playing it safe. He hasn't committed any wrestling felonies. He hasn't hurt anybody really to the point where I'm like, okay, you're just an impressive figure. And it's hard. Because you, like He needs you said, to kill Rey Mysterio. Sure. Like, he needs to, like, he needs to, Body like, bag. It's, it's, it's just like it's because that one was set up well because it was kind of like I respect you, but it's time for you to die. It's like the little legend killery thing, yeah. which is what we obviously love so much. But it's just like they've kind of put that on pause, probably because Ray probably has time off uh, and well deserved, obviously spending time with his family, getting you know sending his son to jail and all that <laughs> shit. Uh, but it just it's just going back to this Madcap and Emma thing. Like yeah, whatever. It was cool to see Emma and Scarlet in the ring, but it was just like. We've seen Cross wrestle Madcap about seven times, and the same thing happens every time. It's like he, he, he already fell, and he prayed, and he's back, and he's falling, yeah. and he's praying, and it's just I, so clearly like you don't make them fall that hard if they can just get back right. up again. You're never gonna keep them down. So wow, Chumbawamba, wow. Next thing you're gonna go, oh Danny boy for our boy overseas. Although you know, <laughs> this is what it is. Uh, moving on to something that I did not thought we were gonna talk that long about fucking what's his name, but that's okay. Um, moving on to Raw. I just thought, like I said, Raw was not necessarily the best thing in the world for me. Quick hits. I was confused with the idea of like, here's Bronson Reed package and then he's there. And then like watching somebody interview him and it's just like, he's this massive, like horizontal guy, but vertically he's just like a normal person. So it's like, would you say you wish that he's a little bit taller? taller. Little yeah, wish he was taller. taller. Exactly. <laughs> he can't pull a rabbit out of his hat. Uh, no, <laughs> but I was sitting there and just like, okay. And then like the Miz, to me, the the Miz saved it, but also I felt like the Miz kind of fucked it up in a way where he's talking like, okay, like we're not friends, just pay me, and walked away. And then he was like, classic Bronson. All I could have thought of was just like, I understand what he's trying to do, but what I would have said was, oh, okay, like I'll fucking pay you. Here's a fucking stack of money. Now go fucking go over there and get me a fucking yeah. Danish, you know, like million dollar Miz. Come on, seriously. That's what I don't. I don't. I just the Miz does great. I, you know, he's he's pretty much bulletproof at this point. But that pairing needs to be different. That absolutely needs to be different. I just I'm not necessarily in love with the idea of it. So 
I'm not. I think what sucks with the Miz stuff is that like him and Champa was starting to get really yeah. good before the injury, like really good, like really interesting. The matching outfits, like it just like it was getting really good, and then obviously it ended because of the circumstances. And they did the Loomis storyline, which we were confused about at first, but it turned out to be really good. But now it's like, okay, who's the next new guy that we can try to have to like you know rub some of the Miz stuff onto him? And it's just like, ah, oh, this one, this one's probably gonna take a little more finessing from Triple H and company to make me buy in. Finesse is a hard word. I don't know if they're going to do that. Uh, Meechin had a match with Bailey. We talked about sort of kind of nobody cares. It seems like anything Meechin, anything Bailey is just tough. It's fucking tough. It's not interesting. It's really, really bad. Uh, we didn't talk about Theory in the knee promo. Uh, I'll be ready for the rumble, the crowd chanting. That's the other thing, too. I forget where they were last night, but they were not. They were in Alabama, I believe. They were not on Monday. They JBL were, was making a lot of Alabama jokes. They were not into, like. The fact that they piped in stuff or the entrances, I was just thinking to myself, well, that's just bizarre. But they got into like random things, but it wasn't consistent. People, people who people who were not gonna get reactions got piped in reactions, and I was just thinking to myself, like, one of these things is not like the other. You know, it just, right, well, I will say that they got a nice uh, pop when Shelton tagged in in the main event. Yeah, and then see, so. that was real though. That was twenty years, baby, gold standard of wrestling. But it's 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 hard because like Meech, they're trying hard with that Meechin name, and I'm just like, I, I it's can't not do the it. name. I've never. I mean, if you've listened to this, you know, like Mia Yim has never been someone that like I'm. I don't think she's that great in the ring or whatever. She's not super interesting to me. I think she's definitely has a unique look, and like, a lot of enough people like her that she's definitely deserving of being on this roster, but. It's just one of those people, like, when she's put in spots, I don't think it's something I'm ever going to get excited about. It's just what it is. I could talk about more things, but I think it's time to just cleanse that palate. Let's get hopeful. Glorious! Well, you're my only hope, Nestle. Would you like to go first? Would you like to go first? You want me to go first? I think you're prepared more than I am. I am. Wow. Typical Nestle. New Year, same Nestle. Never prepared in the hope. I actually am prepared today. All right, blow uh, my I mind and my socks off. Let's go. Yeah, mine is a for Wednesday on Dynamite. It is match seven. And the best of seven between Death Triangle and the Elite. Finally, this shit is ending. It's a Muerte match, whatever the hell they call it, which means it's probably going to be really fun. I'm just, I got so much fatigue with these guys. But my hope isn't, uh, the, my hope is that Death Triangle wins the best of seven, but not for the reasons that you think. I finally did get around to the Omega Osprey match after we recorded last week. And that match we probably will talk about later in the year. I don't know if you've seen it yet. It is, it's a really fucking good match. We'll probably have the same criticisms because uh, it was Lon. Um, it felt like a Johnny Gargano match, just like we like to call them, where I could have eliminated a lot of the beginning. It would have been fine, but it was a really cool story. There was physicality. Um, Osprey, as much as I love him, like as a doing babyface work, he needs some work, uh, so to speak. But I still think he's amazing and his future is bright. And I think he'll get there. And he's mostly been, I feel like, a heel in most of his career. So, um, those little criticisms by everybody. I thought the match overall was incredible. Definitely a match of the year. Contender early on already here in January. But what that match reminded me of is like, what the fuck is AEW doing? Why is Kenny Omega not wrestling singles matches? Especially when they're still, it was like the CM Punk thing. There's a laundry list of dream matches for Kenny Omega that we haven't seen yet. And instead, we get fucking seven straight matches against the same teams in a fucking six-man tag. Also, the Young Bucks, much better as a tag team than a six-man too. So that's my main reason for having Death Triangle win. It's just like, you can give the Elite these titles at some point, but even if they win them, I want Kenny Omega to return to that singles division, man. Because I'm looking at and think about like some of the matchups we could have over the year um, with with like Omega and a lot of the single stars on the roster. People that maybe like weren't in this position when Omega was doing his title run, whether it's a Ricky Starks or something like that. Like there could be some really fun feuds here. And Kenny is just 
He is so good. I like to shit in him. I'm a hard, harsh critic on him just because I expect the world from him. So when I don't get it, I criticize him. But that's that just tells you how good he is. But man, watching that match, I'm like, this guy is a fucking artist in that ring in a singles match. And like the canvas on the, the, the blank slate you give him and how he makes these beautiful works of art. So that's my main hope is that I hope Death Triangle wins just so we can get Kenny Omega back in the singles division, get the Young Bucks back in the tag division because I want some Kenny Omega single matches, baby. So go Death Triangle on Wednesday. Go Death Triangle, you say. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC hopes. And when you're wrong on Wednesday and they lose, what are you going to do? I don't know. The Elite 100% are going to win. Oh, okay. But right. here's my thing. Those titles are fucking bogus bullshit anyway. So have them just carry them around and never defend them and have Kenny Omega wrestle singles matches, matches and the Young Bucks never defend them. Matches. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they defend them like once every two months. But for the main part, Good my Lord. main hope here is Kenny Omega singles wrestler. Good luck. Bang the table for that all day. Please don't bang the table. You know better. You work in production. Bang the bus, bitch. Bangers bus. Bangers bus. Not the bang bus. Yeah, uh, the bang or, the, or the casting couch. Uh, my my comeback. Sorry, my my hope. Excuse me. My hope was I was I was actually excited for this when I saw it. Lacey Evans packaged this week where she was a weapon. Like they actually made her look like a weapon. If they had negated all the terrible major pain stuff they had done a couple weeks ago with her running through the muck with her fucking makeup on and old shit, they had just started with this fucking thing, then I would have been way, way more on the bandwagon for her. I, I I think this was the first time I watched it and I went, why wasn't this the fucking thing the whole time? I think that's exactly what I said. Because then it was like, and your new weapon, your new objective is the Cobra Clutch. And I went, let's fucking go. Now the next step is... We need Sarge. We need Sergeant Slaughter to come back. But here's Coming, the thing. Here's the thing. Sergeant Slaughter, obviously universally loved. It's gonna be hard to put somebody that's universally loved with Lacey Evans. I think Lacey, Lacey Evans is not a good baby face. She's just not. She's that's not. Why she, she needs Sergeant Slaughter to be one. But Sergeant Slaughter can definitely help her. But the thing is, is she can't fucking talk. Like she can, but don't. You know what I mean? Like. The only thing I could think of was, you know, when he was an Iraqi sympathizer at WrestleMania 7, and he was a big fucking deal heel. You could maybe do something like that, but I don't see her turning on the Marine Corps background. So I, my thought was, you get the Cobra Clutch in there, you get Sergeant Slaughter, you make her the best you can with that entire thing. But going forward, what I would love to see is having her, she's not going to win a championship, right? but she's definitely somebody that you can put in a tag team and having her, they can pluck somebody out of, you know, obscurity if they want, but her with Sergeant Slaughter and they could try to, there's gotta be somebody else with a, with a Marine Corps background. It's screaming at me right now, but like, or, or the Adonis. No, a, a woman. I'm saying a woman's tag team. I know. Here. I'm just, I'm just giving you veterans off the top of my head. I'm just saying, you know, I think that that's <laughs> the way to go. Cause Lacey Evans by herself is Lacey Evans, but having Sergeant Slaughter with Lacey Evans is great. Having another one would be even better because I think that's where Lacey Evans' ceilings can be right now because they it's so cluttered at the top for that championship. I just do, unless they have a middle you know middle card kind of championship that they unveil, Lacey Evans needs a tag partner. Lacey Evans needs somebody interesting that can take the heat off of her. And I don't know if enough Sergeant Slaughter can, but that's where my head's at. Sergeant Slaughter is a manager. Get her a tag team partner, and maybe maybe we can get excited about something. That's all. The only the only time I was ever excited for Lacey in a tag team was when they teased her in Charlotte because like they that that look worked. 
like with the tea party and shit like that, that would have worked, but that obviously isn't going to, I don't know. I just, Lacey in the tag division doesn't really do much for me. I think well, she's nothing going on in the tag division. I, so do I, think, like... I do think she's a future woman's champion. Just obviously not anytime soon yeah. because we got to get back to the level that she was at before she got injured. Like when she was feuding with Becky Lynch and that thing with the Corbin team and the Putting Corbin Seth at the end of the day, isn't like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was like peak Lacey. Like she was ready for a championship at that point, but obviously that was a long time ago and a lot of things have happened since then. And a lot of more people have come in since then. So there's definitely some work, but I could definitely, I mean, she's someone who could win money in the bank and become champion from that easily. I think she's a contender for that, for that type of thing. Um, but I don't think, like you said, I don't think we're anywhere close to that, especially going into WrestleMania season. So there is a way they got to figure it out. Maybe it is a tag team. I'm just, I don't know who the hell you put with her. I, it, I'm sure I'll go through the roster while you're talking for a very long time and try to figure it out. But it has crossed my mind that she might need a tag partner. She might. Because the yeah. tag division Maybe We sucks. might have to look at the NXT roster because the main roster, I don't think there's anyone that I can see with her. That yeah, makes sense. It's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. All right. Let's yeah. get hopeful. I'm sorry. Let's get your comeback. Excuse me. I you, you you, and your hope comebacks, uh, Dyslexia, lately. You know? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, gotta, I, flip, okay, I flip when I flop. So. My comeback is going to not... Not gold standard, who's sure I'm wearing. I could have worn the other one, but it is actually going to Bobby Lashley, which does eventually lead me to the hurt business. But I pop big, much like the crowd did. This is one of those few moments on Raw where the crowd went nuts. It's like they tried this thing of trying to make Lashley a heel, and the crowd was just like, no, we're going to cheer Bobby Lashley anyway. So they figured out, like, you know what? People want the hurt business. They can act like heels and like still be babyface and be whatever. Like we're gonna tease it. Obviously, he came out and he just kind of walked by Seth. But then he went after Theory because he hasn't had Theory and Lashley have to do their one-on-one -on -one thing. Probably all these guys are gonna be in the Rumble together. They're probably Raw's top contenders because there's no world title on Raw, so the U.S. title is de facto the only male title there. These are the three guys who have been circulating around it for a reason. It was good to see Lashley back. Good to see that he still looks like a badass. Um, still over like Rover. But the big thing was we kind of talked about, hinted at off the top. Him talking with MVP backstage, we find out that MVP is the reason he got reinstated, which means that they're mending fences here, and he dropped the hurt line and the business line. He said he also talked to Shelton and Cedric, who then were featured in the main event as part of the gauntlet as a tag team. So that got me excited. No signs of Omas here, so I'm curious if like maybe he gets repackaged or sent somewhere else to do something else, or if they use him here, like hashtag JC's hopes come true, and have him just be another extension of the hurt business because I think this is a fun faction. So we'll see where it goes, especially because I don't need to ever see MVP wrestle again. So he could be the fourth wrestler uh, in the stable. But all this got me excited. So it was perfect for my comeback. I didn't realize last year has been gone a month. It's like crazy. It's like, holy crap, it has been a month. But he's a stud. The Hurt Business is awesome together. That got me excited. So Bobby Lashley, you get my comeback this week, good sir. I did, They really laid it on thick with that promo. So I, I was, yeah. I mean, they're, they're anticipating it. I just, I'm... I, I if I don't if I don't ever see a bloodline versus hurt business thing, I think I'll hurt my brain. Like it just yeah, it just seems like there's too many logical things there. But whatever, it, it, it's it's besides Judgment Day, hurt business, and bloodline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it has to happen at some point. I like don't a know. triple threat chamber. Sammy, that'd be Sammy dope. Zane, we obviously know that's not happening. Sammy Zayn interacting with Dom in the Rumble would be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> like that to me is gonna be like. That that's up there for one of my hopes. I'm still with anyone in the Rumble is going to yeah. be so good. Yeah, I mean, just Ugh. the things you could come up with are just hysterical. Um, I I kind of think dark horse wise that Dom might actually end up like Jerry Lollering it and hiding underneath the apron for the entire fucking thing, just just cause it'd be funny. Dude, it just it's the amount of heat that that kid gets just by existing. Yeah. Like 
everything he does is just like you, you there are so many things you can do within the rumble to like put over baby faces just by having dom exist yeah. so it's it's exciting my comeback goes to somebody i didn't think i was going to give it to but i i it, it hurt my feelings almost dolph ziggler i'm going to give it to he you know he's here to show the world yet he hasn't been on my television for a very long time so i mean except for nxt which if you haven't watched nxt then he really wasn't in your world for a very long time uh and then there was this backstage segment that like was a head scratcher for me where it was like Ali comes out of nowhere and it's like, hey. This was the callback I was referencing earlier, okay. actually, where they said like, because he cost Ali the title like a month right. ago. And I was glad I'm like, oh, they called back to that. Yeah. So it, it is odd to me. He's like, and I'm sorry for that, but it's not about you right now. And I'm like, we could be a really good tag team. And he's like, maybe so, but not right now. And I went, how many fucking times are you going to put Dolph Ziggler in a goddamn fucking tag team? Yeah, he'll make it work. Yeah, we'll probably talk about how great it is on this program. But this guy is so fucking good at his job. He's almost too good. And that's why he's saddled where he is. When I was watching this match with Solo, all I could think about was, he is fucking working his ass off right now. Always. And he, I mean, it's just like, there's he doesn't know any better. He's just He just does what he does better than anybody else. And I'm not the biggest Dolph Ziggler guy in the world, but respect is there, like... You watch him and you go, he's just unlike anybody else I've ever seen in my life, just naturally gifted and effortless. And when I watch Solo go against him, I'm like, I could watch this all day. I could watch about a half an hour of this, and I don't like longer matches anymore. But it it bothered me that Dolph Ziggler is going to be relegated to another fucking tag team. Another! And we haven't even really talked about this. Bobby Roode had surgery. He'll probably come back at some point, so then they'll get shoehorned into that again. Like... I didn't hate that tag team. Though. No, no, no. Like the, the, the Dirty Dogs are the fine. The Dirty Dogs. I just miss Glorious, honestly. I just think that's yeah. great. I mean, you know, he was all entries. If anyone could bring it back, it's Triple H. Maybe that's a Rumble hope right there. Right, yeah. It's just, it's hard to to, to fathom in 2023 that Dolph Ziggler can't find something to do. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And I get it. He's probably the guy that has to work with all the new guys, and I understand that. But to me, and this isn't no slight to Mustafa Ali, because I think he's incredible, too. He's probably the... Mustafa Ali might be one of the most smooth people in the ring I have ever seen. He he's just smooth. And he's really, really talented. But I look at that and I go, he's not going to be able to help him. Like, Dolph Ziggler can't help Ali be less Ali-like. It's just it's just not happening. It's just not happening for me. I think them feuding would be better for me than a right. tag team. And that we could be getting both. Who knows? But I will say this. It's like... Because, you know, Dolph Ziggler is obviously someone who always looks like, man, he should be used more. But I will say this about him. If you look at the salaries for wrestler, he's one of the top paid guys in WWE because the company knows what they have in him. They know the tool belt that Dolph Ziggler possesses. So even at the times where they're sparingly using him or whatever, they know he is the ultimate. Like if you Google plug and play, it's Dolph Ziggler. We've seen it over the years. So it's at least good to know that, like, even if we feel like he's misused the majority of the time, they at least compensate him well for it, man. Because it does, if you look at the list, it is surprising to see his name there but i mean he's been there forever he's been doing it at a high level forever and like you said his match was solo just showcases like no matter what if he hasn't been on tv for like a week a month freaking six months he comes out and he still puts on an absolute banner every time it makes his opponent look better than they've ever looked so and that's that's the hard part is when you are so good at that they don't need you all the time well they yeah exactly they they use you and when they do use you like it's to make other people look great. It's right. like him and Ricochet, those type of guys, like they're always going to kind of get put in those roles because they're great at making other people look amazing. Paducah. Paducah. I just can't do it. Can't fucking do it with him. All right, it's time for the big old finish. 
We got a lot in WrestleMania. Yes. We have uh, New Year's Evil, and we have another loaded dynamite uh, from the con Our, man, Tony Khan. So I have to ask, uh, but, is New Year's Evil a technically a prediction thing for us, or are we just saying it? Because I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, we okay. only do it for premium live events, and this okay. is not a premium live this event. Was a, this, uh, was a, this was a regular, not a diesel live event. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's on Tuesday, so it cannot be. But we're going to start with SmackDown because we have two major matches for SmackDown. We have Sami Zayn versus KO, uh, which is a nice setup, and we assume KO will probably get the win, and something will happen with Roman there. But we also have a IC title match, Gunther versus Roar, Braun Strowman. Uh, so obviously this is probably the biggest challenge to date for Gunther, but... I would suspect he retains, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Hit Row got themselves involved here after what Braun did last week. But either way, I think they're two mega matches that I'm excited for. I think both have to have some type of chicanery. There has to be. Oh, yeah. And I think that Sami Zayn specifically, I don't. I see this being a DQ. I, I don't see it being KO wins cleanly. I think it's going to be a fucking schmoz where the, the fucking bloodline just beats the shit out of him. And then they're going to have a moment there where, all right, Sami, Here's your moment. Fucking end him. Fucking end him. And he hesitates. I mean, he does it, but he hesitates. And I think that's the crack we need to get to the next part, which is obviously KO and Sami Zayn eventually dealing with it. But I think having him have that hesitation, like I have to fucking end my friend's career here and not just jumping on it like the rest of the bloodline will be very telling. I think that's good storytelling, personally. I think that's what that's what I'm looking forward to when I'm watching SmackDown. Now, Gunther... I mean, you can say Brock Lesnar comes out, distracts him, fucking makes him lose, but I don't think we're they're going to lose. We're not, we're, we're, not, not there we're not there. So, yeah, I, I'm i just going to have a hard time when they, and, and, you know, they say that the Elimination Chamber will be the IC Championship. I look at that and I go, that's going to be tough because by the time everybody hits the Elimination Chamber, they've all had a crack at Gunther. So that's yeah, be- but that, see, that's where I think he loses because that's the spot where Brock returns and costs Gunther. Like that's how oh, you do it. in the do middle, it of, the middle the of a fucking like yeah you have him break through the fucking cage like how, yeah. much, how much he loves seeing Braun and uh, Brock destroy things well they're both probably be, Brock will be Braun will be in this match and who knows maybe he's the one that gets the win for it but I think the elimination chamber is the perfect spot to cost Gunther because first of all there's five other dudes in the match there's a ton of violence and Brock can come in and do whatever he wants and cost him the title I so. just don't think Brock Lesnar is excited to work with Gunther like I don't I think that gets him out of bed. I know the paycheck's I mean, uh, nice, but as we know with Brock, he's always hesitant to work with new people because you never know because he's had good experiences, had bad experiences. But I think the majority of the time, like he was pleasantly surprised with Finn and Ricochet and some of these guys. So I think I think him and Gunther. I mean, because Brock always says he's like fucking hit me, you fucking pussy. Like that's what he says to people, and we know Gunther will fucking hit him. So I think that, and it doesn't need a title. I don't think either. So that's no, why no, I no. think that's the spot. So. I just I I just don't think Gunther has been elevated to a point in which I can believe he could beat Brock Lesnar. Well, that's that's what this will be for. It's him proving that he does belong. Okay. Sometimes you have to do it in the fire, you know. Who, the well, fire. who is Gunther believably going to have a feud with to build it up at this point? You know what I mean? Because like you said, he's running through everyone on SmackDown. He's about to run through Braun. So it just it's. I think it's the next logical step. Who knows? Maybe they do Brock Lashley and they tease that at the Rumble, and that's the Mania match. But I still would love to see Brock Gunther because it's something new for Brock, which we haven't had in a long time. Okay. That's fine. NXT New Year's Evil. Very top-heavy card because, as I'm about to say, we do have a match between Dempsey and Hank Walker on this card. That was our excitement running through us. Yeah, we also have the Nestlemania special of Indus Sher versus the Creed Brothers, which I will say they've been building this match for months. I mean, the Creed brothers got to lose. You would think so, and I am I am intrigued to see Indus Sure because the only time we really saw them as a team was when they were with Bivens, like 
I mean, this was like probably two or three years ago at this point. And they didn't, they kind of came on and like beat people up and they were just disappeared. So I am curious to see the development of these guys. And cause we've obviously seen them both in the ring now and like Sangas look decent. Like I'm curious to see like now as a tag team, like if they're ready to the next level. And I think the Creed brothers are a good measuring stick. Um, so I am intrigued by it, even though they're not two of my favorite teams, but we also have Dijak taking on D'Angelo WrestleMania. I, so I've never really been a Dijak guy. Like it's not like he's Mike my, my boy or whatever, but I I'm still having a hard sense of understanding his character. And I think that's that's and I mean I just maybe I need more time on my screen to understand him. I but think like, so. But it's just like my brand of justice, and it's like, are you the fucking Batman? Like, what are you? Like, are you Big Boss Man? Like, what exactly are you? I, and I don't understand it. And like, and then there's Tony D, who kind of last week came off like a baby face. And it's bizarre to me. Like, obviously, that's that's a that's a great. He's doing great. Tony D is doing great. I think even uh, Stax is it. Stax is still around. Or is he the guy? Yeah, I think like two two dimes is gone. Or two dimes, whatever. But like four nickels. They're two doing. Dimes, they're same doing. Thing. They're yeah. Whatever conversion rate. They're, they're they're doing great. I like it. But then there's like the Wesley factor of like, what are we doing here? It just it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. I think either way, like this is this is a default number one contenders match, right? Um, and I think that's why I think Dijak probably picks up the win here, because um, I think he needs it more. Because Tony right now he's pretty bulletproof. They obviously clearly don't have much going for him. I still think like to really round him out and make him interesting again, need to get him that big family because that was peak Tony. Like that was great. Like a feud with Legato and then absorbing them was it was really good. Um, and now that like obviously with only having the one one guy, it just it's. Not the same, so I want more Don from Tony D, and I think maybe a loss here kind of helps that, but who knows. What I would have loved to see here is eventually, maybe it will happen because someone listens to this program and then, you know, writes for NXT or something. Uh, I would love to see a match with Tony D and Dijak where, you know, if he if Dijak loses, he has to become part of the family. Well, that's why when they you know? first started doing this, I was like, I kind of don't mind Dijak as an enforcer for Tony. Like and but it seems like they kind of went away with that and he's more of like a his own solo guy but yeah no, I, I, it was something that I think could have benefited both but I am curious either way um, I think there's a lot of possibilities here and we can see how it play out we also have a 20 woman battle royal to determine the number one contender for Roxanne's title do you think they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna do it right now they're gonna give it to, to Cora Jade no like, I feel like Cora Jade's a long play here so I don't think you that's save that happen. for WrestleMania I feel like Zoe Stark is gonna win this thing and really piss me off yeah I think so too I think she's the and I know I got three isn't on Twitter Guthrie. right now, but I'm sure hopefully he's still listening. But Zoe Stark is a perfect first opponent for to put Roxanne over. Yeah. She really is. As much I, as I hate saying that, I'd love to see like a Fallon Henley or someone break out. Um, but you, you, just, you need a definitive heel. And as I was watching all the women in the crowd talk, I'm like, Zoe you're Stark. not, you're not. Nikita Lyons, nope. And I'm like, okay, like I don't think Toxic Attraction is gonna do anything but tag teaming. It's just like. I mean, maybe, maybe it's one of the toxic girls. I get, maybe that could happen. Yeah, yeah. and I, th but I think they can do that more naturally. I think this is a good way to kind of prop Zoe up and kind of build like a, because I don't know, are they still doing an NXT event Royal Rumble weekend? I'm not sure, but if they <sighs> are, so. like, I think Zoe Stark is the perfect first opponent for Roxanne because she'll make Roxanne look good. I think the other thing that would intrigue me, and I, I again, I, I'm not booking NXT, but this is the kind of stuff that I that I'd be intrigued by would be toxic attraction in a triple threat match with Roxy, because I think that that way we'd be like, oh. 
Are you yeah, because they're going to treat it like a two-on-one. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. are they going to turn on each other? You know, like, you know, it's like, no, I want to avenge Mandy. No, I want to avenge Mandy. And it's just like, Maybe okay. you get your heart Luger spot in there. There you go. There you go. That would be something. I'll probably roll my oh. eyes if it's that's the case, but that's fine. I'll All roll right. my eyes no matter when they do it anytime ever because I hate it. Okay, what else? Um, we And we have the main event. We have Braun Breaker defending against Grayson Walla. Will we have a new face of NXT after Tuesday? My brain says no, but my heart says yes. I'm I, the same way. I mean... I assume it's mellow that the thrones, you know, the big wolf or whatever the fuck he is, big dog, whatever the fuck they're going to try to call him. But Waller has impressed me to the point where I think, I think it's his time. Like I look at it and I go, the presentation he has, the way that people roll and physically groan, like when he comes out, like it's, he's just great. He's just, he's so good at what he does. And uh, not that Mellow's Mellow's just a different animal, you know. Like he's just he's just not even comparable. Well, so that's this is my big thing because I feel like obviously when you get past WrestleMania, it's always call up time. Like Mellow could be on the main roster tomorrow, and none of us is bad an eye because he's ready. So it's one of those things. It's like, do you want to give him the check mark of the NXT title before he goes to the roster? Maybe, but at the same time, he could be a guy that could be a surprise entrant in the Rumble and just right. be up. You know what I mean? And then he's in a ladder match at WrestleMania. Maybe he wins the IC title or something. Who knows? But it's just like. That's my thing with him where it's like, I could see them doing it uh, with Grayson here. I just, I don't know. It depends if they're ready for Braun or not. Cause I feel like they don't take that title off him until he's coming up, which granted the Royal Rumble's right around the corner. So that could be the time and he could just be in the rumble, have a great showing and be on the roster. Uh, Cause again, he's another guy that could be on the main roster tomorrow and probably be ready just because of his star power. Um, and the wrestling's getting there. So it's, it's tough, but I think it's interesting. I do think I want to see a Grayson NXT title run at some point, but I don't know if they're going to give it to us now. Like you said, heart. Yes brain no i i do say yeah. this much though when i watch braun breaker wrestle he needs more time in nxt you can i don't you, disagree you can you can you can tell me yes he looks good on a poster he's got the lineage and all that stuff we can wait we can wait another year i think we can wait another year because honestly i don't know about a year because i think as long as he's in nxt he has to have the title i don't think he's a guy that lingers in nxt without the title it doesn't make sense i don't know i just I, I when I watch him, I'm like his footwork needs his timing's a little off. Like you know, he's he's starting from scratch. He needs more time to get. Like you can't if you if you put him up now between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, he's gonna get lost in the shuffle. He's not gonna matter if it's night after Mania. That's fine. I'll I'll deal with that. But I just I look at him and I think he would he would really benefit from more veterans coming down to help him. Than him going up, I I I just think it's it, it you're gonna put the kid at a disadvantage. I I don't disagree, but we've already seen that, and I think you're at the point now. Whereas the more this run continues, the more of a chance you have people turning on him because they're just they're just sick of it. So I think it's a tough spot. I still think after WrestleMania, like you said, is more optimal than now. But I find it hard to believe that he's not going to be in the Rumble because I feel like that's a good appetizer for it. So it's just whether he'll have the title. Or not, but WrestleMania, we have to get to Wednesday to an absolutely loaded AEW Dynamite. We have the payoff match between John Moxley and Adam Hainman Page. I like this. I think this is. I do been, too. I'm excited. This is one of the we joke about not having good stories. This is a pay per view level match. This is a you. good match that should be the. This should either be the opener or the end. That's it. Now, if you put Soraya with her mystery partner, that's no longer her mystery partner, Tony Sto Tony Storm. That's middle of the show. Middle I think of the show now. This and this and the best of seven are beginning to. Rank. I would think that you start off hot with the fucking ladder match. That's just me. You start off incredibly hot because people are going to be more in tuned at eight o'clock to turn and, and look for shit, but later on they're going to go to bed. This one, 
you look and you go, what the fuck is this? Boom, you got me. So Moxley, I think Moxley and and you can, here's the thing, you could build up Moxley and uh, and Hangman with, like, throughout the night. You could have Hangman, you know, getting checked again, you know, having his impact test or having a doc look at him before he comes out, shit like that. Or, like, having having Moxley cut a promo, shit like that. Like, that to me, this could be good. This could be really, really good. I agree. I, I do also think that this is probably only number two in their trilogy. I think the trilogy will culminate at the next pay-per-view, whenever that is. But I do think Moxley gets another win here tonight because I think the story here is Hayman keeps coming up short, whether it's selling an injury again or whatever, or he's not fully whatever, or him like maybe getting too much out of his comfort zone and playing into Moxley's hand. I don't, this has very much like a vibe of like Moxley is going to be dominant until Hayman can finally climb over the Moxley mountain. Cause that's been kind of like the one guy he hasn't been able to get past. So. That's fair. Very fair. We also have on this card, we have Hook and Jungle Boy taking on Lee Moriarty and the worst name in AEW, Big Bill. Big Bill, Buffalo Bill. Uh, fuck. If if Hook suplexes Big Bill, I'm for it. If it doesn't happen, I'm not for it. Uh, Jungle Boy and Hook is something I didn't expect. It's fun though, right? It's all right. Like, yeah. It's a fun little feud. Yeah, I, It's a I, fun little D-list feud. I, I, I just look at it like, okay, we're in LA. They want to pull out all the stops they can possibly do. So... I'm I'm for it, and I don't. I the thing is, is Hook has to win, right? Oh yeah, Hook and Jungle Boy have to win. Yeah. Whoa. 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 Maybe we get a Christian Luchasaurus return too. You know, Never who know. knows? Who knows? Uh, but uh, we also have on this card we have Brian Danielson versus the guy's name. I'm not even gonna try to say because it always sounds like I say take a shit up. Yeah. Well, they want him to be a big star, so clearly this will have a lot of fucking back and forth. Can I just go on my soapbox for like two seconds? I know we gotta get yes. out of here. Okay. You know what really fucking bothers me? Is everybody sitting there being like, oh, AEW, AEW is doing great. And like, yeah, the storytelling to me is not great at all. I don't, I don't think the storytelling. Some of it has gotten better though, I think. Some of it has. Some of it absolutely has. But the one thing that people cannot sell me on, cannot, and I I refuse to believe that you can sell me on this. Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson versus MJF should be enough. That's it. But the fact that they're making him run through hoops is tough enough because they've already done that before. I get it. It's stupid, but whatever. But then they blow their load saying, oh, and if I win, I'm picking the stipulation. Instead of making us wait and wait and wait, they blew their load and they told us what it was. I don't have to watch the next four matches. I don't, it's, it's a missed segment for me. It's a missed storyline. And on top of it, you're telling me that at fucking... Revolution, we're gonna have a one hour Iron Man match. I'm fucking out. I'm when done. there's already gonna I, be 13 other matches. Oh my on the God. Cars. I can't, I can't. JC, you know me. I I I I can't do it. I, I can't and I won't. And I think this is the worst storytelling possible. I think the end game is fucking terrible. I'm out. I do not want to see Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson doing a fucking one hour jerk-off session with Max. At a fucking pay-per-view when I want to go to bed. I'm done. I'm fucking done with this feud. I'm done. Yeah, I didn't. I hated how they did it last week too, which is tough because I usually love everything MJF touches because it's usually gold or platinum or diamond, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, no, this ain't it. And it's like, like you said, it's like Brian Danielson is the perfect first person to go over. He'll make him look great. But the way they did this feud and now the fact that it's fucking an Iron Man, oh, it's like uh, I, I rolled my eyes hard so yeah no i agree and it sucks and it's like oh we're gonna it's funny because they've completely kind of like dropped the rankings for the most part but in this scenario they're like oh we have to make sure brian danielson actually gets to ranking number one so he's got to run through take a shit and all these other guys it's like 
<sighs> to yeah, me, the, to me, to me, this is the worst storytelling I've seen so far. It's uh, it's pretty bad. It's not great, but I mean, they've had a lot of bad ones there. This is bad. We also have, like we said, the best of seven elite during the death triangle. I'm assuming you think the elite are going to win in the Muerte match. V. Be elite. That's what Nestle says. But then we have the Soraya and Tony Storm versus Britt Baker, DMD, and the AEW Women's Champion, Jamie Hayter, in a tag team match. Player? The killer and the pillar. Yep. As the church I actually says. really like that line. I do Brit's too. Still so good. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's on the mic. She's great. I just think she's in the. I just so think good. in the ring, she's the shits. But that's just me. I, uh, she's better than she used to. She's be, better than the rest of most of the roster. Let's put it that way. She's still headed shoulders ahead of the roster, so she's still above average. But she's not. She's not the superstar they portray her to be, in my opinion. But her other things that she brings to yes, the table are better than anyone quality, else. So. Yes. She's still one of their top stars, and I mean, I don't like. Here's the thing: I'm I'm just so over Tony Storm. She's boring until she turns heel or does something interesting character-wise. I just I don't give a fuck. Jamie Hayter's a better version of her, better champion than her. Blah blah blah. You, but it's one of those things. Obviously, the big question with this match is like, who doesn't give a fuck? Like, it's probably would be what would happen potentially after the match if someone shows up or not. I don't know if anything like that's gonna happen. So, do you think that the Sheeta Tony Storm thing is to get us off the scent? Of it, like, no, I think it's. I would love. I mean, I got excited for that because I'm like, I would love Sheeta to turn heel and beat the fuck out of both these women. I mean, that's where it's headed. I get that. Sheeta Soraya at the next pay per view makes a lot of sense. But I, 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 I think I when I looked at it, I went, why wouldn't Sasha, you know, or sorry, Mercedes Monet just be like there? And I know she's probably not, and that's fine. But I can she see, I can be Sheeta beating up Tony Storm before the fucking match, and she's got nobody. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then, then, no, they could do that. Then Mercedes the only, Monet comes in. The only issue with Mercedes Monet being her tag team partner is she debuted as a heel and has come off of a heel, and Soraya is a big baby face right now. So, just putting her here like that's weird. again, AEW doesn't always make sense, so they probably wouldn't care. But I don't know. I I don't think it's gonna happen. I have no inside information. I just I don't know if this is the spot. Maybe there's someone else who returns. I don't think Statlander's ready, but. Maybe like I think this could be a spot where maybe something else happens that isn't Mercedes Monet. Eh, whatever. Either whatever. way, it's a tag team match. Who cares? We do have two matches for Rampage on WrestleMania. Oh, you thought we were done. Fuck. We have Kingston and Ortiz versus the House of Black. Give me House of Black because I just don't care about Kingston and Ortiz as a team. They're teasing Ortiz joining the House of Black, which well, I just don't care. Uh, but then we also have the match I'm actually more excited for, and that is TJ versus Ruby and Willow in a street fight. Did you see Tay Conti's uh, promo where she's like, yeah, street fight. It's my natural habitat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I just, I know you'll love it. You'll tell me it's great. That's fine. That's all you need to know. I mean, I love TJ, so I think they're fun. And uh, I love Anna Jay and Tay Conti, so. Nonsense. Anything on Rampage is nonsense to me, so that's it. It is, but I th I mean, they're, unless uh, here's the thing. Whenever they put Orange Cassidy in the main event, it's good because he's great, and you get the interview with Mark where he steals his line, and Mark gets mad. But besides that, Rampage is mostly trash. I will say that last week, Battle of the Belts was a lot of fun, and Jade Cargill's best match by far ever against Sky Blue. Absolutely great match, so kudos to her. Continuing to improve. Match of the year. There it is. Well... It's Maybe no, AEW no, Women's Match of the Year. All right. <laughs> Are you good? Are we good to go? Yeah, I'm done. All right, great. Well, thank you for listening to this Jobberknocker. We'll be back next week with more Jobberknockery. Grayson Walla Effect Champion? Champion?